0: What is going on everybody? Um you are here with Justin and Caleb. This is the Coach's Corner for the first podcast um that we're going to be recording here for Arrowhead Live. There's a series of podcasts coming out on Arrowhead Live and this is the Coach's Corner. Like I said, I'm here with my man Caleb. Caleb, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. What about you?
0: Doing good, doing good. Enjoyed some live sports on TV today. We had uh, you know, a little golf yes, match sir. going on, so you know that was better NASCAR than nothing NASCAR was on better today yeah NASCAR was on so better than nothing today i guess
1: yep pretty much i mean just something
0: to do out there exactly exactly well why don't we jump right into it so this is the first episode and uh we're going to we're going to let you guys get to know us a little bit here so Caleb talk to me how did, how did you get into football
1: yo so uh i've always been kind of a bigger kid and everything like that so obviously I was able to like have my friends tell me to come out for football at a pretty young age I was like in fifth grade or something like that and it's always been something that I've loved to do and stuck with and uh I am playing college football now for a uh, Truman State University that's in Kirksville Missouri, and I've been on the team up here for four seasons now and kind of in this last couple of months or whatever I've started writing for a uh, arrowhead live the website and uh maybe some of you guys have seen hopefully some of you guys have seen some of my uh clips on twitter because i've been working pretty hard at that it's been giving me something to do during this covid time uh what about you justin how did you get into this whole deal
0: yeah so kind of same thing i've been playing football you know forever you know started when i was eight years old always loved it always watched it um Played all the way up through, you know, youth football and the modified and JV varsity. Um, played one year of Division three football. Loved it, every second of it. And then, you know, kind of knew when I got to college that my playing days were numbered. I just wasn't <laughs> I wasn't that athletic. But I loved the game, um, had a pretty good <laughs> mind for it. So And I knew I wanted to coach. So I kind of went into coaching from that, and I've just finished my fifteenth season season coaching football. You know, did ten at the high school level, well, eleven at the high school level in total, and four at the uh, at the college level at, at Brockport College up in Western New York. So, um, but been around the game, you know, for as long as I can remember, and, and I right. and love it, love everything about it.
1: I got a uh, I got a question for you. From having that uh, coach and player perspective, which one do you enjoy more? Or if you like enjoy them the same, what kind of uh, like what kind of things that are similar and different about them that you like and enjoy?
0: Yeah, that's 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 tough. So love them both. You know, the playing is different. You get a different feeling when you you know, when you make a play, whether you, you make a good block or tackle or throw a touchdown. I play quarterback. So, you know, I said there's very few feelings like throwing a touchdown pass, you know. It's just different, mm-hmm. but uh, it's even. I think it's even better coaching when you can coach a player to to do something and then he does it right and you see it executed on the field. That's that's kind of where I I would go with it. I just th- that's that's one of the best things ever. I mean, now in the same sense, it can be just as frustrating. Whereas you're telling them to do something and right. they can't, they they're not doing it, and and you can't go out there and do it for them. So it gets it can get hey, extremely I've, I've frustrating been there on that end right i think everybody if you played or coached <laughs> you, you know that it's you know that's how it kind of goes or whatever yeah you can't go
1: out there and play for
0: son i can't go out there and play for you right the old cliche that's how it is too but there's some yeah. truth to it you know those cliches they come from truth so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true absolutely so uh you're all it the definitely. way up in uh up in west So uh, you're all the way up there in uh, West New York, kind of around the Buffalo area. What I think maybe some of us here around like the kingdom areas, like here in Missouri and Kansas and everything, I think some of us want to know how's a guy from Buffalo, New York from like probably should be in the Bills Mafia. How does he end up cheering for the Kansas City Chiefs?
0: yeah i think that literally i've been asked that question more times than not you know first round football everybody's like oh you're a big bills fan i'm like no i'm not <laughs> actually a chiefs fan and it's it's my dad <laughs> he he grew up as a chiefs fan and i always asked him i said you know what why the chiefs you know same thing we're like you know we're 45 minutes from buffalo we're they're right there and he he said when he was little he thinks he likes the red uniforms. So something as simple as that kinda <laughs> got it got us onto the Chiefs and uh guess been diehard ever since, you know. We've been through thick and thin. Better yeah. now, better lately than than when we first started. There's been some years of misery, but you know, even stuck with it, stuck with it through it all. Oh, yeah. But you know. How about yourself? What's, you know uh, obviously something being I- being there. Um,
1: well, I am from around the Kansas City area, so it was more of an obvious choice for me. My uh, family we're a big sports family, and so naturally everybody just cheers for the chiefs, and it's been that way since before I was born, and it'll probably be that way long after I'm gone in my family, but that's just the way it is. But um, I mean, me playing football, and I mean, just kind of growing up in like a football culture, because I mean, Kansas City and like the surrounding areas jackson county missouri johnson county kansas i mean that's like that's a football town right there now i mean just from like some of the high school rivalries to guys that end up going to like mu k -K state and then like maybe even like iowa or iowa state places like that i mean there's like a lot of always good players coming out so football culture's kind of been ingrained like that and it just kind of goes back to uh you know, I think it all falls back into that we love the Chiefs and we love everything we do. And I mean, it's nothing better than getting up on a Sunday morning and driving 15 minutes down I-70 to get to the uh game, get to the tailgate and start having a great time and watching the Chiefs go win.
0: Yeah, that's um a little different than my experience. When we have to go to games, if we don't fly, it's a... It's <laughs> like a little more than a 15-minute drive. We got a, we got more like a forever drive, it felt like. We drove to a game this year, and I, I swear it felt like we were in the car for four days. But we made it. We made it. Got to watch the Chiefs beat down the Raiders. So, that's, so it was worth the drive. It was worth the drive, you know?
1: <laughs> that's crazy, because I have never been to another NFL game outside of Arrowhead. I actually uh, can't imagine what it would be like going through a four-day process. Because I know in the past I've had like these crazy last-minute impulse. I'm just like, well, the Chiefs are kicking off in Jacksonville tomorrow. I could wake up and drive nine hours and be, or 20 hours and be back in Missouri by Monday morning to go to class and all that stuff. So, But you've actually done it. You've actually done like the crazy impulse thing that everybody thinks about that's a big fan like a couple of days or a day before their team's about to play on the road.
0: Yeah. Well, I actually, so this year we drove from here to Arrowhead and watched them play. And then me, my fiance, uh, one of my good friends and his wife, we actually drove to Nashville, Tennessee, and we went to the Titans-Chiefs game. But the day before that, we went to the Alabama-LSU game. So we had a heck of a football weekend. The Chiefs lost that weekend, but it was still, yeah, it it was an experience
1: man that probably had to hit you in the pocket a little bit
0: you know it was um for the most part not terrible nashville now if you've ever been to nashville nashville is an expensive city so you know we kind of went out and did some sightseeing and hit I've the a little bit the night after so that's a, that was probably the most expensive part to be honest um but it was all worth right. it. Like, if you ever get a chance to go to to a major college football game, especially you know ICC, Alabama, LSU, like that, that was that was just you know it, the only thing close to that is is Arrowhead. So it's it's worth going to. Right.
1: I've not been to too many like big time college games, except for one. I guess two actually. One of them was kind of a phony big time game, but uh, I went to the uh, Cotton Bowl. In uh, 2013, when Mizzou played Oklahoma State there, and that game was an absolute blast. Mizzou won in the last minute. It was fun. And then 2015 or 2014, it was either one of those, when Mizzou played Arkansas at home to win the SEC East, I was at that in game. and I was a part of the field storm that ended up taking place after. But I'm sitting there, and I actually have a picture of me with uh, – Marcus Golden on my phone down there on the field. And Marcus Golden's having a, he's had a good NFL career. Uh, he's on the Giants now. He had ten sacks last season, so he's in double digit sack columns. He's always been a guy who I thought was a good player. So I thought it was cool to get a picture with him, and that's just another like great football memory and experience when it comes to all that stuff.
0: Yeah, that's that's I've never gotten a chance to storm a field, so that's definitely. Definitely different. That's amazing. What about at Arrowhead? What, uh, maybe what's your best memory for Chiefs? For a Chiefs game or one you've been at or one you've watched on TV?
1: So I'm thinking about like all these times I've had at Arrowhead and the easy thing would be for me to sit here, oh, AFC championship game, it was the most unbelievable, because it was, but I mean, everybody's been talking about that and the Super Bowl for months. So I want to take you guys back to like my first ever Chiefs game I ever went to at Arrowhead Stadium. And it was a very cold, it was a very odd day in uh, Kansas City because that morning it was like uh, 65 degrees outside or something like that. And so I'm going to the game with my dad, my uncle, and my cousin. The weather forecast had the temperature dropping 40 degrees before first kick. That's no lie either. This was like 2008 when we were terrible Herm Edwards coach team. So we load up and my cousin and uncle are wearing like a pair of jeans and like some just like autumn jackets. Cause it was like 60 degrees, but the weather was supposed to drop big time and it did end up dropping. And by kickoff, there were snow flurries. And it was 25 degrees outside. And, uh, one thing I remember from that day is there was a man named Tyler Thigpen playing quarterback for the Chiefs. He couldn't do anything except for throw it to uh, Tony Gonzalez. So I remember the Chiefs came out and they actually played really well. I think Brandon Flowers had a pick six. And uh, they went out there and they got a big lead in, in classic Chiefs fashion. They went, ended up bungling the game out of control and they lost in the last second on a field goal because they couldn't recover an onside kick and I remember that being a terrible terrible memory of going to a Chiefs game but I think it was kind of one that I'll never forget because it was kind of one of those first feelings or whatever it was that like you feel like that real sense of like disappointment but you can see how then you fast forward 10 or so maybe 11 years later to being there for the AFC championship game, you kind of see that emotion and like a roller coaster that people in the city have with the chiefs and the kind of way that, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, like uh, the mood they get into the moods that the chiefs put us in. And I really thought that my experience is probably the same of a lot of people's as it just shows the roller coaster that chiefs fans around, like in their like twenties and thirties and everything have felt throughout their lives.
0: Yeah, I mean, as soon as you say Tyler Thigpen, I think everybody in in Chiefs kingdom gets some sort of mood. <laughs> we've uh
1: yeah, no kidding. We've run
0: the right, we've run the gamut of quarterbacks until we found, you know, until Veach finally brought us Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, Thigpen that's that's different. That's one of the ones that I, I won't forget him either. That was but that's a that's a great one. So kind of on the opposite end of that, like where you've had that disappointment, like the first real memory good great memory i would say um for me that like locked my chiefs fandom in forever was a game at arrowhead again um it was like i think it was yeah. 1993 1993 chiefs chiefs broncos it was december game so it was cold really cold you know the 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 old starter jackets if you remember those i had you know all my family had the old starter jackets on so we were on all that gear. i, it I was, don't remember it, those See, I'm dating myself now. I everybody knows how old I am. <laughs> the starter jackets were in, <laughs> but you know, that game was close. It was when you know, Broncos were good, the Chiefs were good, early 90s, and uh, Pete Stojanovic ended up hitting a game winning field goal from 53 yards. And I, the the like the noise leading up to the kick. And then after the kick was made, is like it literally was like deafening silence. Like it was so quiet. Like everybody was holding their breath as that kick was about to be, um, you know, as Stoyanov- Stoyanovich approached that kick. And then as soon as that ball crossed the goalpost, and it barely, barely crossed the goalpost, there was an eruption. Like I'm like screaming to my dad, who's like right next to me, and you can't hear them but everybody's high five and everybody's going crazy and the emotion of that is just something that you know brings you back i guess and, and keeps you right keeps the the hard times away if you can remember those ones but now <laughs> you know obviously now you got this you know we got our super bowl finally and you keep building on those things yeah but, and, and a funny yeah. story kind of Be on it. top of that too funny story on top of that kind of too so after that game we go down to like where the players parking lot was and right my sister at the, my sister at the time my younger one she's two years younger than me we're all standing there and we're trying to get autographs and like whatever and the players are just trying to get in their cars and kind of go home but so the security guard comes up to my younger sister and goes hey you want to go get some autographs and we're like yeah he goes, all right. Come here. Picks her up. Pulls her over the fence, and she walks around the parking lot, getting all these guys, all these players', players signatures on the on the book, um, the program that day. So, and I was kind of jealous it wasn't wow, that's me, but unbelievable. still, yeah, it was pretty sick.
1: So uh, this year, I also got the privilege to go to the uh, game versus the Chargers, and I got a free ticket from a buddy of mine who's a season ticket member. And so I was hanging out with them at all their season ticket holder stuff. And they kind of they stay late after the game and hang out and tailgate and everything after the game. But they their setup is like right there where like all the coaches and players and everybody pools in at. So after that Chargers game, which was crazy because uh, they ended up getting the bye. Everybody was in a really good mood. So we all stood out there and hung out. And eventually the players and the coaches start driving by. Eric Bienemy stopped and pulled up and started talking to people and taking pictures with people outside of his car, and he was chatting everybody up. And, you know, I was over there, and I, we were just hanging out, and I was all excited and everything after the game. So I just went over there because uh, Damian Williams had played a good game that day, and I'm kind of a big fan of running the ball and things like that. So I went over there and yelled to uh, Eric Bienemy. I said, hey, EB, just keep pounding the rock, baby, just keep pounding the rock. And so flash, fast, or, uh, fast forward two months later, the Chiefs sealed the Super Bowl on a running play, which was like, it's like, a, it's a lead ISO. I mean, it's like the most basic play in all of football, and it's kind of funny to think about that. So I thought maybe might have influenced him a little bit, probably not, but uh, still something funny.
0: That is funny. That's awesome though. That, that man, and talk about a run that you won't ever, like you said, one of the most basic runs that you can run in football, but that is, I don't think a run that anybody in chiefs kingdom is going to forget anytime soon.
1: Oh no. And, uh, I mean, and and like we said, some of the things we're going to be talking about on this show are like coaching and strategy and stuff like that. And kind of like the X's and O's side of the game, just kind of like, looking at that play based on what the chiefs like like to do like their regular sets and everything is funny and it's also impressive that they can play well like that for uh different styles and different formations because i mean they don't usually come out and do a two tight end set with a fullback and an eye formation with patrick mahomes you know what i mean
0: yeah exactly you know and, and towards that strategy it's funny too and I'm just thinking about this right now. You know, you, you look at that play, and then you look a lot of of the other short yardage plays in that Super Bowl. And like you said, it's not just a two tight end line up an I formation and, and you know smash it up with them. They had you know the the old Rose Bowl play where everybody's spinning and the fake and fake toss and the handoff <laughs> you know to Damien Williams. And it's always bells Kelsey and whistles, the and, yeah. and exactly right. So it's so funny that the the basic play is the one that sealed the deal from them, but. Yeah, like you said, that's that's the stuff that here on the Coach's Corner for Arrowhead Live that we're going to be really starting to dive into, um, you know, in the upcoming episodes. We're like, like Caleb was saying; he's got his Twitter going right now. He's breaking down film and putting that all over Twitter, and I'm going to be doing the same. And this is what we're going to be talking about. If you like X and, X's and O's and strategy and scheme and in-depth dives of player analysis and stuff, this is this is the spot for you because that's what we're going to be doing.
1: Yeah, and I mean. The uh, NFL doing the All-22 really gives, I think, a people who have always been kind of around football their entire lives kind of a little voice or a little way to share what they see and what they think is going on. And that can really be interesting because you just find all these different people with different backgrounds, but the one thing pulling them all together, the one thing that's like starting this podcast and keeping everything going is just people's love of watching football and being around it. Cause like you were saying to me when we were talking the other day, you were talking about how you thought that just from like enjoying football and watching quarterback prospects that you had called that Patrick Mahomes would end up being the uh phenom that he has turned into. You remember telling all your buddies in Buffalo up there about that, and then here a couple of years later, you know, it kind of turns out to be you were corrected what you were looking at that's got to be an awesome feeling
0: yeah um that was just something that you know watching watching the quarterbacks for as long as i have and trying to learn everything possible about him from playing the position from coaching the position um you know i turned on the film and watched him for a minute and he was doing things that he's doing now that i just said i don't think i've ever seen anyone ever do this before like those throws and the things he's doing that's just that's not normal for a quarterback to be able to pull these things off. And, you know, everybody's saying it's the big 12 and he's raw and he's doing all this and stuff. And my thing was always, yeah, but look what he's doing. Like, you're like, he's what everybody thinks of as like Aaron Rodgers, Brett, Brett Favre, but like at a higher level, he was doing it better than they had ever done it. So that was just kind of what I was thinking about when I saw him. And, you know, obviously, yeah, we get lucky enough and the Chiefs trade up to coincidentally enough, with the bills who you know all my buddies are bills fans and and i get to lay that on them every single time that they they let patrick mahomes go to 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 us and now we get to watch him on our team and they're they're praying that josh allen is the answer and i we already know we got the answer so worked out well (laughs) josh allen what a
1: character yeah josh allen he's just like oh well, he could stand back there in the pocket and he could throw it really far, really deep, but he can't read defenses very well. And then you got, they're like, oh, this guy's going to be electric towel. Then you go over here, you got a guy like Mahomes, and he's running to the sideline and throws a 50 yard sidearm pass through a two man coverage and just hits a guy on the hands right on the back of the end zone. And then they're like, nope, he plays in the Big 12. It doesn't count.
0: Yeah which I I never understood. It's like the thing that whenever, you know, from my experience in recruiting too at the college level is you never want to really recruit or scout or do anything like that based off of like statistics and numbers and stuff. You got to look at like the profile of the player. Like what is their ability? Are they accurate? Are they smart? And like, that's the other thing. You know that we obviously don't get to do do is sit down and talk to him and put him on a whiteboard and see how actual smart it is. But every report that was coming out and what really sold Andy Reid and Brett Beach was they put him on the board and they said he's like the smartest quarterback that they ever talked to. And like once you read that, you're like, okay, how can this dude with all that talent and all that smarts going into an offense with Andy Reid not not be successful?
1: That's funny because I like to hear that stuff about. They're looking at – there's a guy the Chiefs have drafted right now named uh, Lucas Nile, and he's another Big 12 product. I uh, He's going to be a guy that we're going to need to take, keep an eye on because I was just watching a video earlier today with the Chiefs offensive line Charlie Heck was, and he's like, uh, yeah, this guy's a big physical athletic player. He can play in space well, and he has versatility to play left or right tackle. And he's like got the height, and he's never given up a sack in his college career. So I mean, like you say, you hear like those coaches talking about what's selling them on certain players and certain guys. It's cert- it's got to definitely be stuff like that.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you talk about Lucas Nang, like you just said, and what is Andy Reid and their offense always like? Big athletic guys that can play in space and pass block. Like that seems to kind of fit the bill yep. for for what they drafted there. They can cover guys up,
1: but they're, they're like big and they can cover. They're not going to be the most devastating run blockers, but they can cover people up and give backs like, Oh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire who have seemed to really thrive in systems where they can just go beat one linebacker one-on-one and put a move on him or break a tackle and go get 10 or 15 yards. So that will be something to watch for also.
0: Exactly. And that's, Again, just to kind of reiterate it, and that's the kind of stuff that we can, you know, that we're going to be bringing to the table here on this podcast. We're going to be taking deep dives, and when we get into the season, you know, we're going to be looking at matchups and breaking down other teams and who, you know, what we're playing. And during the off season, players that we sign, we can do deep deep dive analysis on and watch the film on them and, and kind of let everybody know this is what we're seeing from a player coach's perspective um, on the on the guys that are joining the Kansas City Chiefs roster.
1: Yeah, and we're also going to be taking a look at stuff like uh, strategy and X's and O's. And, you know, as the season goes on and after we look at what we saw last year on table, we'll look and see the new stuff. You'll start to see like different changes in teams. Like we'll be able to talk about how teams have been playing certain things and kind of give you guys maybe a little bit heads up on what the Chiefs are going to be seeing this week and then kind of come up with some ways, mad scientists, some ways of our own that we would think to call plays that we would call to beat that defense.
0: Yep, exactly. And that's, you know, for a football nerd like myself, that's the stuff that that I love. And obviously you do too. You're all over Twitter breaking down dudes and Mm -hmm. and strategy and all that stuff. That's the fun stuff to me is grinding the film.
1: You, That's the only reason. I mean, it's not the it's not the easiest, and it takes a while. But when you figure it out, it is pretty rewarding.
0: It definitely definitely gives you a different perspective, too. You know, and that's that's one of the fun things. If if you if you're out there and you have a chance, watch the All 22 film. The All 22 is so much different than a regular broadcast. You can you know it's All 22 for a reason. You're seeing all the players that are out there. You're seeing it from you know the coach's perspective, the players' perspective, and you can really appreciate kind of some of the talents that these guys have and the athletic ability and and what they're able to do it's a different different look at it for sure
1: (laughs) yeah so when Justin's quarterbacks are giving up uh, are getting sacked on five-man protections when they rush six people you'll be able to see my offensive line doing their job on the all 22 and you'll say oh wow Justin's quarterback's not very good right
0: now exactly it's you know I learned at a a very young age, if you're a quarterback, you never blame the O-linemen because they have to come back and block for you the next (laughs) play. Yep. Exactly. You know. Yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't you give them, give the people your Twitter handle and any articles that you got coming up on Arrowhead Live. Okay, so I have a, uh, currently have my most recent
1: piece is a a Tyree Kill film review. It goes in, if you really are ever in a wide receiver argument with somebody and you want to explain to them why they're being dumb and saying Hill is only good for the deep ball, you need to look at this and show it to them. Because, I mean, as we've already figured out in Chiefs Kingdom, he's not just the big play, deep threat guy. He is the elite go-to guy, and he's what really makes the Chiefs offense what it is and really what makes it special. Because him and Mahomes' connection is great. So I've got that one already out today. I just am getting sent to the editor. It's a big film review on Martinez Rankin. And if you remember what we were talking about earlier with the offensive line that Andy Reid likes, if Rankin can come back healthy from injury, I do think that he will end up starting again. And I think that having him and Lucas Nyong at some point play together. That's going to be some really good pass protecting right there because he graded out high in the short amount of games that he played in at guard. And uh, I'm also starting a uh, weekly column type deal called a uh, GM KC General Manager Kansas City, where I'm kind of gonna talk about. Uh, I'm gonna go into like what the process is for like scouting, what they look for, and things like that, and then like what Brett Veach has to decide to do. And that should be out Friday. I'm doing an intro for that series starting up on Friday. And uh, my handle is at CJ Scoobs, so uh check it out. Go at Arrowhead Live and uh just what are you working on right now, dude?
0: Yeah, so uh I just sent an article in for review that should be coming out soon here for the best AFC West uh AFC West weapon combos. Um some fun stuff in there um won't even give you any spoilers but i can you could probably venture a guess kind of based off of what caleb was just saying there in the breakdown Hmm. of tyree kill who who might be the first and top top uh, combo there in the afc west um and then the other one that is going to be coming out kind of piggyback off of that maybe is is the top five nfl quarterback wide receiver receiver duos and i think that one's an article because i've been racking my brain on that and I think there's four that three three I think that are pretty evident, and then the three through six, four through six range gets pretty pretty murky. So I got some decisions to make there where, where I'm going to go with that, but that'll be a fun one to come out. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Everything's on Arrowhead Live. Um, you can find me and Twitter at Jdiz1617, Jdiz1617. Um, you know I post all the articles there. Might even throw in a golf take or two um but a lot of fun here caleb this was fun for the first one man i'm looking forward to for a lot more
1: hell yeah brother let's do it again
0: all right man we'll be on the lookout for all that chiefs kingdom this was uh caleb and justin for the coach's corner on arrowhead live and we will be talking to you guys again real soon